For America's climate goals, investing in clean energy adds up. But what doesn't add up is an additionality requirement for clean hydrogen. Additionality would put an unnecessary and inequitable burden on domestic clean hydrogen producers and have serious consequences for America. America needs clean hydrogen, but an additionality requirement just doesn't add up. Get the facts at cleanhydrogentoday.org. Paid for by the Fuel Cell and Hydrogen Energy Association. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Welcome to Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis, where we share stories of challenge, success, and inspiration, along with practical tips and strategies to move you forward to your success. And now, here's your host, Sally A. Curtis. Good evening and good morning to all. Uh, Welcome to another great show. It's our monthly marketing magic with Celeste and I today, and we're going to be talking about uh, customer insights uh, or customer emotional insights today. So a little bit of an interesting uh, deep deep dive into emotions and attracting customers, etc. So for those that are new to the show, um, I'm a marketing strategist and business strategist for speakers, coaches and consultants very much specialising in content repurposing and LinkedIn conversations. And it's my role to help you amplify your voice, your message and your impact. And I'll pass you over to my co-host, Celeste. Welcome. Hello. Uh, Good evening or good morning, depending on where you're listening to us. I'm Celeste and like uh, Sally, I'm a marketing strategist, but I specialise in service providers uh, with end-to-end marketing strategy and implementation. It's great to be here, especially talking about this topic, which Sally knows I love. Yes, yes, it's definitely uh, Celeste's uh, wheelhouse. So I'm going to kick off by asking a a great question. And the first one is, why are customer emotion insights so important as it relates to service-based businesses or businesses? Yeah, and and I think you're right. It's business in general. uh, And it's so we like to think that we make purchase choices based on rational we we really need this because of x y and z and this is I, i need it for my house and or for my life but we are emotional beings every human being is uh makes decisions and is driven by emotions it's scientifically proven uh that's how we operate um So decisions are actually made by our emotions and then what we do is step into a rational reasoning for that just to justify, just to tick that box and say when other humans ask me, I'll give them a very rational uh, answer on why I hired X, Y, and Z, why I had this service in my house and why I made that choice um, on where I'll spend my money. So having an understanding, first of all, accepting that your customers make emotional decisions, that's a big tick. 
And then this is why it's so important to tap into their emotions. So we'll talk throughout the show a little bit of that combination between the emotional and the rational because you have to tick the two boxes. But the journey is I make my decision based on emotions mm-hmm. and then I look for the rational, the numbers, the data, the, you know, other people like me have bought it and benefited from it kind of thing to just tick that box and say, okay, my emotions ticked, uh, I'm making that purchase. Absolutely, and I've just had flashbacks to uh, buying a a, a red um, notebook binder thing, a very special-looking one for a very special interview that I had to go to years ago. So I brought it purely and emotively because it was red and I liked it, but I uh, justified it by saying that it was going to help me build my credibility and I was going for, the, uh, for interviews and uh, those sorts of things with clients and we were going through that process. So it was going to leverage my status and credibility. So there's the justification. So I brought it purely emotively yes. because it was red, but I was able to justify it to the whoever I needed to at the time. Um, so that just gives you a bit of an insight that we do it all the time, ladies. We do it all the time. So beautiful. Uh, what I find too, um, and I'm going to talk about the uh, content repurposing and tapping into the emotion as well as uh, LinkedIn strategy. And one of the big things we're seeing um, at LinkedIn at the moment is um, lots of people are conversing on LinkedIn, but everyone's going, is it a robot? Is it not a robot? So that hinky yes. feeling's coming in. So that indicates that there's no emotional connection. So they're suspicious straight away. So we'll talk about more about that as we go through as well today. Um, one of the other questions that I really wanted to ask um, today is, in what ways do um, tapping into the emotions really help give um, uh, business owners the edge in business? So let's talk about that as it relates to both of our client audiences. Cool. So I will just, and I'm not getting into the insights part yet. We're just going to talk about uh, specifically the emotion uh, bit. So hmm. think about this. If we're telling you that humans make decisions, purchase decisions based on their emotions. Understanding what triggers the emotions mm. are going to allow your business to make more per- uh, more sales. Mm. So there's a very direct and straightforward black and white connection. So if I understand what triggers my customers to or my potential customers or my ideal customers to click that button, add to cart, or to make that phone call and hire me. So in my case, like if I'm an architect, a lawyer, an accountant, an engineer, what's going to make them call and choose me? Mm. I mean, understanding those triggers, understanding the words that make them tick, understanding what are the main values that drive them. And if I may, just going back one little step and going back to the importance of having a brand. And I think Sally and I did a a couple of shows ago. And if you haven't heard that show, I don't quite remember the exact title, but go back on the episodes. And I think it's really worth um, watching again and listening about the brand personality. Yeah. So going back and thinking of your brand as a person, with a voice, with a tone, with words that you use, um, does that connect with that ideal customer? Do they? Do you speak the same language? Do you speak? And I don't mean language as a as a you know. Is it 
Portuguese or is it English? I mean, do you use the same kind of tone, uh, the same kind of words? And then I think, Sally, if you could then take on that, how that is going to drive your content mm-hmm. and how that's going to drive um, how you put yourself out in the world to really trigger, okay, come and have a look at my website, join my mailing list. You and I talk the same language. It's all emotional. Yeah, very much. It's so. all emotional. It's all uh, an emotional connection. And I love the one of the examples you uh, said yesterday about the difference in t- so just going picking up on the word tonation that when you tell your the little littlest child to pick up their stuff in their room versus the big child pick up your stuff in your room the tonation is actually quite different so understanding that level of tonation um, becomes very important a very typical example of that that I see a lot um, particularly when I'm working with clients VAs who are repurposing content and creating content, for some reason, uh, virtual assistants um, and business support people love to use capital all capital letters on tiles and promotional material. And for uh, us that are reading it, that's actually yelling. Um, it still reads the same way, but emotionally straight away, there's a little bit of a tiny, tiny, tiny hiccup Uh, Because people's perception is all capitals is yelling. Um, So there's just those sorts of tiny little tweaks um, that really make a difference as to how somebody is going to respond emotionally to it. One of the other things that as it relates to uh, joining the brand um, essence and the brand identity to the content that you create If your brand is uh, bright colours and it's energetically light and then you suddenly produce tiles that are grey and black and they don't look the same and they feel a bit drab, you've actually created an emotional mismatch and disconnect between the audience that knows, likes and loves you for your brightness and your colour to going, oh, is she in a really bad mood? What's going on? This doesn't feel right. And they check out so they don't continue on the journey or the quest with you. They bail. Absolutely. And, I mean, I love that you mentioned colours and look and feel because they're such a big part of our what triggers our emotions. So um, I really recommend everyone just go on Google and kind of look at the psychology behind the colours. And there's a reason why certain brands use certain colors. It's not like, oh, I just like pink and that happens to be my brand color. There's a psychology uh, behind of which kind of people get attracted to that pink color. And what that soft pink that I choose for my brand, what does that trigger in in a human brand? What does that bring to your human brand? So, it's, it's all psychology, it's all emotion, it's all human brain operating and taking charge of some of our decisions and uh, that's what happens. And I think that's why it's so important for business to understand that you're dealing with human beings. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're B2B, business to business. So my clients are mostly business to business and one of the things that I often tell them is that I know you're dealing with a company, but there's still a human being behind it making that decision on whether they will purchase from you or not. It's a human being and and they work for that company, yes, 
But a company is a person. It, it doesn't matter if you have a uh, hundred uh, employees, one or a thousand. Yeah, very true. And I think that's one of the things also that I see in my industry, uh, particularly as it relates to um, people conversing with other people on uh, on LinkedIn. They suddenly get so stiff and so formal and they start, you know, doing a reach out or connection messages or requesting to connect with somebody and they get all very formal and it's sort of like that's just really boring and they wonder uh, why people aren't connecting with them. Whereas in reality, um, a conversation on LinkedIn is not a boardroom standing up the front, you know, pitch. It's a, hi, let's have coffee. Let me get to know you. It's chatty. Uh, and when people take that difference and uh, go, for, go into that more of a chatty style, it becomes more personal. It's easier for people to connect with them. They're not doing the, this is giving me a hinky feeling. Are they trying to sell me something? It comes back to that uh, human, very natural human connection element. Um, so and I think and that rolls to the emails as well, Sally, just like LinkedIn, when people send emails and uh, use email marketing and their emails is like, oh, this is not an email. This is a brochure. Yeah. Um, it's almost like they copied and pasted a, a, a blurb on their website and put it there or they're, I feel like I'm reading a brochure. Yeah. So yeah. there needs to be a conversation. Even the way you start and finish that email, uh, you know, I always finish my, my things like, you know, for email marketing and automations, forget the kind regards kind of thing. Mm. Like I always say, chat soon or you know, have a great weekend, which is how I would talk if I'm talking to you and I'm like, oh, have a great, I send the email on a Friday. I'm going to say have a great weekend, enjoy your loved ones, uh, chat soon. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm a human talking to a human who, who's got a life and, um, you know, and if you're aligned with what kind of lifestyle and, and things, which we'll talk about the inside side of things mm -hmm. and how it relates to, to what we're saying, then you kind of have a feel for what their life looks like and you yes. can bring that to the copy as well. Yeah, very much so. And understanding what's going on in people's worlds right now and as an example in my world of that is uh, during COVID, obviously lots of people went to LinkedIn to continue doing business, to network, to meet people, etc. But there was a lot of uh, automations going on at the time with those conversations, lots and lots of um, AI and automated bots, etc. So I found it uh, interesting where the, there was clearly a, um, a bit of a, a slowdown in um, connection acceptances. Um, so I, uh, in mine, and I got some of my clients to do the same, we would say, hey, there's no bots here, baby. It's a real person. So we talked about the elephant in the room, uh, which created such um, a, a great response because people went, ha, ha, that's so good. I'm really glad I wasn't sure I'm getting so many at the moment. I'm getting inundated. Mm -hmm. So we understood what was going in their world and was able to highlight it, you know, talk about the elephant in the room. And that straight away made people go, ha, ah, have a laugh. And then we could get into a really good conversation about it. So um, it does make a huge difference in the interactions and the responses that you do get from your clients, wherever they're coming from. Absolutely. And uh, if I may that just goes back to the insights as well. 
So, and I'm, I'm just going to make sure that everybody understands what an insight is. Mm. And it's very different than a fact. So, certain parts of the, the customer research that you're going to do to build a customer avatar are facts. I'm a female in my 40s. That's a fact. That's not an insight. Mm. But then when you dig deeper to really understand me, if I'm in your potential client, then I'm a mom. I'm a full, I'm a business uh, owner mom. And then I have, you know, I live in this place. I like to travel. I like these kind of things. So these are insights. The insights are those deeper more meaningful understanding of who I am. Mm-hmm. And with the LinkedIn, just going back, because I'm loving kind of the, the references here, is that, you know, I'm the owner of a marketing agency and I'm getting bombarded on LinkedIn by these messages offering me marketing services. Yep, me too. So <laughs> there was absolutely no. So that's when you see someone who doesn't use any insights. So what they did was that I'm looking for a female who owns a business and is in this age bracket, right, Mm -hmm. in more of a senior position. So they they use the age more to tailor for how senior you could be in in a job. Mm -hmm. So that's as far as they went. And then they went blast. Yeah, bang, 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 bang. Do you need someone to manage your social media? Do you need someone to do your website? Do you know? And I'm thinking these whole services I offer, Mm-hmm. Why and and the conversation wasn't even. Would you like to contract me to do the service for your agents? That would be a different conversation. Mm-hmm. So there was absolutely a complete disregard for my situation, a complete like mismatch mm-hmm. in the solutions they offer versus my pain points and mm-hmm. the things I'm looking for, mm-hmm. and then. It's, it's game over. There, there's never going to be an alignment there. And I think what you need to understand is that we often do that with our businesses as well, with our clients. We get highly annoyed when someone does that to us here. Mm. We go out to market and we're not using insights to actually make that conversation meaningful for the client because we're so caught up in making the sale. This is my sales pitch. I've memorized it. And the conversation is me, 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 me. There's no insights into who's that other person uh, and what they're looking for. So and I'm sure you have more examples and things on, on the LinkedIn area, but the LinkedIn is just an example. It's happening on Instagram. It's happening on Facebook. It's happening everywhere on emails that we get uh, blasted off, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. And um, I got uh, some dear friends that I'm conversing with just over uh, varying different matters. Um um, as, um A couple of them are uh, doctors and scientists, and they send me responses back. But their responses, and this is just personal stuff, but their responses is are like two pages worth. And I look at that and go, can you just tell me the nuts and bolts? I don't want the whole lot. I just want the, you know, the, the little bit. So I think um, being conscious and understanding that your clients or your potential clients are feeling time poor. Now I say feeling time poor because we've all got the same amount of time. It depends on how we use it and how we prioritise yeah. it. I get that. 
Um, but the sense in the world is I'm running out of time. I'm busy. I don't have a lot of time to spare. So if you're going to create a LinkedIn conversation or an email and it's thousands and thousands of words long, it's going to be ticked and flicked very, very quickly. So if you're going to treat them in a tick and flick manner, let me just blast out stuff. Um, then expect the same sort of response. So if you want to connect with somebody, do it in a very human manner. Brevity works um, and you'll find the right people when you have the right tone and you understand what's going on in their world. Uh, They will appreciate that and they will reward you with their loyalty. And understanding what goes on in their world is insights. This is exactly how we're making that connection between the customer emotional emotions and identifying those insights so you can use that for business. Yes. There's nothing wrong, and that's what I say to my client, there's nothing wrong in saying, sending emails or DMing people or having LinkedIn messages. These are great new ways of doing business or finding great customers. And I don't think anybody gets annoyed with getting a DM. No. I think the annoyance is, Getting a DM, that means absolutely nothing to me because you couldn't bother doing a five-minute research and identifying a couple of insights about me, not just the Mm. fact that I'm a female Mm. and that I'm in my 40s and I own a business. That's fact. That's not insight. Mm. Being a female is not an insight at all. I'm, I'm looking, And that's when we go back to the customer persona. Your customer mm. persona can't just be males or females mm. Mm. because then there's no insights that you can do further to that to really understand what are they going for. Are they moms? Are they moms with the children who are grown up? Because the circumstance, even being a mom, I, uh, is it a mom in a school uh, with kids at school or is it a mom of uh, a, a grown child? These are different as well. So, yeah. Keep uh, understand. And these are all going to come with the insights. Yeah. And another insight example around that um, is um, obviously with, with the children scenario. Um, uh, uh, you know, don't don't bug them when they're doing school drop off or school pickup or it's tea time. Um, you know, it's some of the. If you want to really annoy people, get, get them at their worst possible um, time related issue at the time. So that. That's um, is more of an insight, but it's also understanding that and being able to converse around that. Uh, so in, in, in Celeste's example, and then with, in my example with working with the coaches and consultants, saying, hey, I know you get lots of these messages. I just wanted to touch base with you because of blah, blah, blah. Understanding that, yes, they get lots of those messages, letting them know that you know that, that they get lots of those messages, but you are different and you do want to be different. Um, you do actually really want to connect with them. It all comes down to having those really meaningful conversations that don't feel like you're tick and flicking. They don't feel transactional. They actually feel like they're going to help somebody. When it feels right, it then becomes transformational for them and people become much more receptive. And can I just add that we are, like humans, like connection. So the problem is not the person doesn't want to connect. You're just not hitting the mark in understanding what kind of human being they are and also uh, reaching out for the ones who are aligned with your brand and with what you're providing. 
not everybody's a good match. Not every female is a good match for you. Not every 40-year-old is a good match for you. And I always say, like, you know, email less, but with insights into what you're doing, with intelligence in what you're doing, with meaning in what you're doing. So blasting off a thousand emails that will mean nothing and to anyone because you haven't added those little spices and like, oh, hi, Celeste. Oh, I know that it's been really hard being a mom and running your business. So we have these automations that might help you. Mm. So you free some time to spend with your son in school uh, activities. Mm. Bling, 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 bling. Mm. It will automatically speak to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, you've just touched on something there. It's understanding the client insights. And something else that I really notice is it relates to copy, um, whether that be email or when people are trying to start conversations with people through direct messages, is they go into fact-telling. Uh, so here's, as you said, off the website, fact, 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 this, 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 versus having a conversation, asking a great question um, and coming with stories, so stories and questions are a great way to, to interact with somebody to enable them to go, wow, they actually do care. So tapping into those emotions as well. Do you have anything to add on that? And then we might hit. Yeah, it's this. just going through what we said in the beginning. It all starts with emotion. The facts are extremely important and you need them. You need to back yourself up. Mm. But the emotion is going to come first. So I need to engage with you. I need to connect first. And then I'm going to go check the facts. Then I'm going to go and kind of do my little research whether it justifies me doing business with you and me uh, paying for what you, your services or your product. Beautiful. Thank you for that. So what we'll just do very quickly is just go to a quick commercial break and then we will come back and add some more information for you. To get the word out on your business, you might consider hitting the streets in a chicken costume. What is it about the feathers and floppy orange feet that makes people more open to taking those flyers off your hands? The answer is pity and not an interest in what the flyer you're handing out is actually selling. Not so with what your ad with AT&T Advertising Solutions is selling, because nothing can beat its power to reach potential customers at the exact moment they're trying to reach you. AT&T Advertising Solutions. To advertise, call 1-800-GET-REAL. Have you ever dreamt of being on the radio? Well, now is your chance. Be a radio show guest on the number one ranked internet radio station and promote you and your business for free. Yes, you heard it, free. Are you a speaker, coach, or consultant wanting to increase your reach and impact? Need to save time and leverage your resources? Content repurposing is the fastest way to increase your visibility, credibility, and profitability online and reach your audience with ease. You already sit on a mountain of gold that is highly valuable to your audience. It's in your books, training manuals, articles, and presentations. We regularly turn clients' books into 12 to 24 months worth of content. Let us turn your existing content into visually stunning bite-sized content tiles. Content repurposing is the easiest way to turn your past into profits. Turn your existing content into bite-sized glitter that you can sprinkle everywhere with ease to attract your ideal audience. Let us amplify your voice, your message, and your impact. Find out more at sallyacurtis.biz. 
So thank you for um, joining joining us back again. I just wanted to now touch on some um, the emotional insights, and I'm going to dive into one of the articles that you actually shared with me, Celeste, um, as it relates to the perceptions and feelings that influence uh, customer thinking and also motivate their um, buying behaviour. And I loved um, the the bit of a list that was put out um, by the new science of customer emotions. And I just was going to share those with the audience today. That was standing out from the crowd, having confidence in the future, enjoying a sense of well-being, the feeling of feel, feel a sense of freedom, feel a sense of thrill, feel a sense of belonging, protect the environment, be the person that you want to be, feel secure and succeed in life. So when I looked at that list, I sort of went, oh, yeah, my clients want that one and they want that one and they want that one. However, they support clients that want that one, that want that one and that want that one. So I found that a really, really good um, list and really wanted to share that uh, list with people today because if you can understand what is the driver or what one of the those are drivers for your clients, it will help you have much more appropriate um, sort of conversations by tapping into that level of insights. Can I ask you to expand on that at all, um, Celeste, please? Yeah, and I think that what we got to understand with the digital world is that we have so many different channels and platforms to really start that conversation, right? So it's the same just touching on social media in general. And I always talk about treating your social media as a cocktail party, not as a sales pitch. And I think that's that, is identifying what really, so all of these things in their list are triggers. Mm. So it's where I want to be. So I'm your potential client. You need to understand where I'm at, but also where I want to be and how do you fit into that journey? So how is your product or service or your brand going to help me get there? Mm. And then from there, you're building the content appropriately. But then there's a second thing that you need to appreciate, which is the different parts of the journey I'm in. Yes. So it's like when Sally made the analogy of the toddler versus the teenager. So identifying that journey, so these are the steps of that journey. Mm. Sally is still in the toddler age. She just learned about my brand. The conversation is different Then Celeste, who has purchased from me before, I want her to purchase again. She's in this part of the journey. She's Mm. my teenager. Mm. She does give me a little bit more work because I need to keep adding extra value to her journey, but they're both very valuable. Mm. And then what happens is that they also become a great example for me to use of how do I find more Sally's out there how do I find more Celeste out there who have the same life, like the same life kind of style? They, they, they're roughly in the same insights, uh, um, share similar insights. How do I find more of them? Mm-hmm. But I use their experience to bring those people in. And then when we talk about us listening to other humans and wanting to have that validation, mm-hmm. Me reading the uh, Sally's review about your product is fact-checking. Mm. It's, it's me doing the fact-check. I already have the emotional connection with you. My emotions, my gut feel says I should purchase. 
Then I go and read Sally's review about your product, who's describing her experience. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, that's exactly what I'm going through. And that's exactly where I want to be. Want to be, yeah. And she's my fact check. So what really, really highlights there is the difference between having a transactional conversation or a transactional journey versus helping people see their transformational journey and the steps that they can take because others have taken it before them. And when, when you address it in that manner, you actually are tapping also into the uh, human's emotional connection to storytelling. Even though you may not be telling a story, you are helping them see and read their story into what's actually going on, into what the steps are. They will make their version of their story up around that as well as their, as well as their fact-checking, which then evidence stacks the story that they've just told themselves, which then helps them go from that emotional connection to the justified connection. Yes. So use customer feedback as a great insight. Uh, Make notice. But also uh, on the flip side of that, if you're having negative feedback from clients, don't get disheartened. Don't take it personally and take it as a learning experience. So your customers are, you know, telling you, something that you need to listen and you need to adjust, adapt, change, because if something is not hitting them up, they're not having a go at you, actually providing, a, and I always tell that, and people take roll their eyes when I say it, but mm. someone writing a negative feedback, they're actually helping your business. Yeah, They're not trying to destroy you. What can destroy a business is people who don't, say anything and they just disappear yeah this is what kills businesses because they give you nothing you don't understand you have no insights into why am i not connecting why the my emotional um alignment is not there uh so the negative gives you as much as the positive but the ones that don't give you anything are the ones i worry about (laughs) Yes, yeah. I'm just also going to touch on a couple of um, extra things there as it relates to, because you triggered something um, as it relates to testimonies and as it also relates to uh, feedback from customers. One of the greatest ways that you can um, leverage the credibility of yourself and the testimonial, firstly, is instead of just having written ones on your website, which people go, yeah, I reckon that's just their friends or they've just potentially made those up, is actually have uh, video testimonials of the, pers- of, of the person actually saying it um, and or using um, your LinkedIn recommendations on your websites with the link underneath. So the, the actual um, testimony, but the link underneath. Because from an evidence stacking uh, on an evidence ticking tick box scenario, people are going to go, uh, if it's real, uh, it's going to be more real if it's a video, obviously, and it's going to be more real if it's a LinkedIn recommendation because somebody else has ha- actually had to write yeah. it. There may be some coaching involved and there may have been a bit of toing froing, but it's in their words, not somebody's made up words. Yeah, the that's other great. Thing, um, just touching on that too is if you're um, wanting to respond to a customer and you actually can't um, you actually can't 
uh, respond to them via phone, for example. You can do audio responses and video responses. And the reason I say that is because in an audio response, they can hear the tonation. They can hear that you're concerned. They can hear that you are uh, genuine. And in a video, obviously, they can then see and hear that. That often comes across better than a typed uh, response because sometimes if the person's in a bad uh, had a bad day or is already in a bad mood the way they can interpret it can be quite different um, yeah. so just a couple of things tapping into that emotional um, element of, of class customers and how best to, to support them yeah Sorry. can I just give uh, I just want to give two good examples of um, big brands that everybody's going to to know and and understand who really used insights to scale and to become who they are today. So Netflix, uh, if you haven't read the book, so there's a book called uh, This Is Never Gonna Work or something like that, which was the beginning of Netflix and people telling him this is never going to work. Your concept is just not not uh, not gonna hit the mark. So we know who's laughing now. But Netflix from the beginning, they've used insights to every decision they made. So every decision they made from the beginning were about what the clients are telling us, um, either by telling us or through their behaviors, yeah. which becomes an insight. So they've adjusted a lot. And I don't know if lots of people know that, those who read the book will know. But um, they started as, uh, so obviously at, when they started, Blockbuster was the thing. That's how you watch videos. You go, you get your videos. There was a whole experience uh, attached to it. And they started as a, a video delivery. So you could actually not have to go to the Blockbusters. You could just go online, pick your videos, get them dropped to your house after certain days you had to uh, post them back. And obviously they kept adjusting and to the inside and became to a point where people were like, I don't want to go to the post office. And uh, and then it became all digital. They started investing in their things. But the other thing that they always use insights to, to this day is what shows goes on Netflix. Mm. So you see very often that, you know, this show got cancelled on season one or that show got cancelled on season two. Or, and this is all based on people's insights. How many people are watching? Are people are not uh, watching for five minutes and then turning it off? And they then make a decision whether your show is going to continue or not. You always have your first uh, season as a pilot, but the customer insights are what going to define whether you're still on or not. Mm. And the other one was Nike. Nike started, um, like the, the founder of Nike was loved running mm. and was just not good enough to be a runner, uh, to be an athlete. He, he wanted to be an athlete and never really got there, but he still wanted to feel like an athlete. So he wanted to develop a product and make him runners um, feel like athletes. Mm. So the whole beginning of, of Nike wasn't tailoring athletes. That became, that was tailoring the, the normal person, but then insights in the market start telling actually the athletes need a level up in their shoes. So he went and started developing 
more appropriate shoes for the proper uh, professional athletes. So these are all insights. What I'd like to say, just based on that with business owners, is that I know that you have this idea and you started your business, and this is really important for you to listen. You need to allow customer insight to make you shift your business if you have to. Nike started as a running shoes for non-athletes. They listened to the market and identified that athletes actually also needed better shoes, and it allowed them to scale to that point. Mm. Netflix started as uh, you could order your videos online and don't have to physically go to the shop, but you're still getting your tapes, your videos, and they listen to the customer and they adapt to the entire business model. Mm-hmm. So if you're at a place and you don't feel that you're making enough sales, get customer insight to tell you, do you need to adapt your product? Mm-hmm. Do you need to change it slightly? Do you need to offer something else? Yeah. And be okay with that. It doesn't mean you did wrong back then. It just needs that you need to keep evolving. And I think that's really important. And I think business owners struggle with that. Yeah. And I think that leads into a really um, good um, opportunity to share uh, around asking great questions. Because I think business owners get so stuck and they get confused about what should I do next? What? How can I pivot? How can I adapt? Whereas the best place or the best people to ask that question to is your customers because they will actually help you as in the Nike example as as well as the Netflix example, the adaption came through uh, the insights from the customers and uh, the gaps or what gaps are in the marketplace. So I'm just going to share a, a couple of minutes just talking around asking great questions so I would suggest, um, and this was actually just a challenge that's been um, reiterated to me from a past coach who actually got me to do this 10 years ago, and I'm going through the process again now, but really write down a series of really great questions. And I don't mean just questions, I mean really great questions to ask your customers, because aren't you in conversations with your customers every day? You are. So if you can take uh, ask one or two questions to a client every day and gather that intel, it make, will make a significant difference and it give you the natural ability to adapt and fill gaps. So if your customers say things, trigger, trigger words like, I wish you did that, I really love what you do here, but could you do X? An example in my own case was um, I do content repurposing. I've had a number of people ask me, could you teach my VA how to do this? So as a result of that, there's clearly a gap in the marketplace. So we're creating a product around that coming up. Um, but some of the great, the difference between a good question and a great question. So what can I do for you today? Versus what what have, what got you out of bed? What enabled you? To, what created the reason for you to drive across town and spend some time with me discussing your business? Yes. What are you hoping to actually get out of today? And what drove you to connect with me to make a difference in your business? Then okay. shut up and let them think about that question because you're gonna they're gonna need a moment because it's an unusually deep question. Then the follow-up question to that was, that's great. Can you tell me a little bit more specifically about whatever they've said? And you're actually getting in, uh, going from the surface level um, 
reason why they think they're there to the actual real reason, the emotional reason why they're there, the motive as to what they're wanting to achieve, their deep, uh, deeper desires and their deeper goals. So asking great questions um, can really make a difference. Also asking why didn't that work for you? What was it? What were the elements that were easy in it? What was the elements that made it difficult? Why didn't it quite work for you? What have you tried before? Great. What's what specifically did you try? Did did you do all of the process? Did you do only one and two steps of the process? Because that gives you insights into, you know, are they somebody that's going to follow a seven step process or does it need to be a three step process? Yeah. Um, they're all habits and behaviors because one of the things that came out when I was listening to you was um, that people um, have uh, behaviors, obviously, and they will tell us things if we shut up and listen. Um, so that was uh, something I really wanted to uh, just touch on there around the great questions. The other thing is you can use um, tools such as creating diagnostics or scorecards. I'm not going to say the word surveys, but you can create tools that actually help your clients move forward um, by asking questions. It also is a great way to pre-qualify people before they come, uh, come to you. So I think... Um, customer insights come from uh, leveling up the way in which you ask questions. Absolutely. And just further to that, listen and take note. Yes. Listen and share with your staff. Listen and have a tally um, to build rapport on what was the feedback, what did we do about it, because you also need to be made accountable for Okay, what's next? Nothing annoys a person more than you taking my time for feedback <laughs> and then getting on with your day. Yes. Or I just wasted my time. I put some thought into it. I want your business to succeed. You ask me what's working, what isn't. I took an hour of my day, went for coffee with you and told you crickets. Mm. So there needs to be a process. Yes, sit down, listen, take note and act on it. The action that follows could be as little or as big as you can fit within your business model. Of course, it doesn't mean that, you know, whatever clients tell me I'm going to do, but also follow up on me saying, look, thanks for your feedback on X, Y and Z. This is what we're doing about it. Because that's really important. Important as well. So following up with that customer, I think it's as equally as important to actually record, that was record, write down and record what your client has said. I had a really interesting um, SMS from a, um, from a client the other day um, who's got a, a mute, we've got a mutual client and I got the message to say, oh my God, they asked me the same question again. It's sort of like I, I've answered that question so many times already. Yes. That becomes really frustrating. That indicates that you are not listening and that you do not care. Um, so that's a bit of a um, a bit of a no no. So make sure if you're going to ask a great question, or if you're going to ask a question to a client, that you actually are recording it as well as uh, acting on it and letting them know where the progress is has been as well. Absolutely. Yeah, beautiful. So just as a bit of a, a wrap-up and a bit of a lead-in uh, to next week, I'll just give you a, a bit of an insight as to what's happening next week. We have Barbara Ellis coming on who's going to be talking about clarity in communications. 
Now, she is a personality pro expert, so she's going to be sharing with us by understanding your client's personality, which fits into their uh, ticks, quirks and behaviours like we're talking about today and how you can actually um, influence um, and create greater impacts when you understand who you're conversing with and then you can converse in a manner that suits them, that helps them have greater and faster understanding and forward movement faster. Um, So her phrase is to increase your influence, impact and income, you need to be a great communicator and that starts with understanding who's across the table from you. So a little bit of insights as to what's happening next week. So any last comments um, as it relates to customer emotion insights today, Celeste? No, I think it's it's just uh, keeping track. It's all part of the journey. Um, like I said, go back to the episode about your brand personality and, uh, yeah, and connect with us if you want to continue this conversation. Uh, both Sally and I are very active on LinkedIn. So, yeah, just find us there. Beautiful. And my last uh, closing thoughts were you already have and know enough. It's already inside you. Ask questions, be more human and connect and listen more. Thank you very much. We look forward to seeing you next week and Celeste and I next month, the beginning of the month, and we'll see you all soon. Have a great uh, weekend as it comes up. Thank you very much. Bye. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I trust you got some inspirational tips to move you forward. See you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern for more Success Secrets Exposed.